Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yes I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. This episode is sponsored by Soul Sister, a company that creates hand-sewn inspirational clothing and products for everyone. What I love about them is their products embody authenticity. Each of their creations is different, and when it comes to designs and fabrics, they can create something that uniquely reflects you or your loved ones. And their mission is to live in a world with zero landfill fabric waste, and they source landfill fabrics from around the world and transform them into something beautiful. It's also founded by my amazing friend, Sean Create Parody, who's an incredible human being with a heart of gold. And I've seen her turn old keepsakes, jerseys, meaningful clothing items into a -a one-of-a-kind quilt. And in an age where most of our gifts come mass-produced, you just can't get more meaningful and unique gifts than that. So go check them out at www.soulsister.com, spelled S-E-W-L sister.com. Let's support our local businesses. Plus, with each purchase, you'll support organizations that assist with moving victims out of human trafficking. Soul Sister teaches sewing in local communities to those affected by human trafficking, empowering them to create beauty again. So once again, go check them out at www.soulsister.com, S-E-W-L sister.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Yes, I Can podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. And today, I want to bring you into something that I've been giving a lot of thought about over the past several years. And it's been a personal journey that I've been on, and that is being in search of the answer to what is an extraordinary life. And I don't think I consciously realized I was on this journey or that I was directly looking for this answer. But what I did know is that everything that I thought up until that point that would make my life extraordinary didn't feel so extraordinary. Everything that I thought in terms of success and the happiness that that would bring me brought me the exact opposite. And even though on the outside, everything looked extraordinary, I mean, if you looked on Instagram or if people just looked at my Facebook posts, they would think that it's extraordinary, but I found myself in a place where I was miserable, where I found that the things that were most important to me in my life, which were my relationships, my marriage, my health, my inner peace, my joy, were empty or falling apart slowly deteriorating in my life. So I started doing an excavation. I started looking deeper and really exploring what is an extraordinary life. And I realized that extraordinary life does not equal success, much to the opposite of what we've been told. I think our whole lives we've been told, especially for for me, I've been told my whole life what success looks like is financial stability is go get an education, go get a good job, work yourself up the corporate ladder, save money, get a house, get married, have three kids or two kids, have the white picket fence, and retire at 65. Have your like two vacations a year, that's going to be success. But what I realized when I got there is that 
there were so many things that that didn't account for that made my life, although on the outside looked extraordinary, on the inside, it was incredibly empty. So I started doing a lot of things different than what I was told conventionally in terms of what I should do in order to lead me to an extraordinary life. And what I realized is that up until that point, I lived my life in a very linear way. And I think this is the definition that we're told or we're taught in terms of what will lead us to happiness, what will lead us to this extraordinary life, which is that A must happen before we do B, before C happens, and so on and so forth. So everything is very linear. It's one at a time. It requires a lot of proof in terms of proving that we are safe to make the next step or there is proof that it's going to work out. It requires our history in terms of based on results, what has been proven right, based on results, what has been proven successful. And it also requires us playing safe. Safe as in being calculated with our steps, needing for there to be reassurance that the net is going to catch us when we take that next, next step. And what I realized is that living our life in a linear way, although it's fine, things tend to happen very slowly. Although we do move forward, it happens slowly. There are steps that we take to move ahead, but at the same time, what we come up against is time. And what I realized in this particular model is that number one, there was a lot of fear that was involved because I would always be second guessing, is this going to work out? I would always be thinking about, well, based on my limited data set of what can and can't happen, this is what I'm choosing to base my future on. So things were also very limited. They were limited based on my history. They were limited based on my proof of what happened in the past. So I was constantly capping what was possible for me. And I was also constantly recreating patterns that were happening over and over and over. And things kind of started repeating itself in a different way. It just looked a little bit different. But my results fell within a very measured field of possibility. So what I realized is that by living life in a linear way, which is that everything needs to be safe and calculated, I was actually playing small. And things were happening very slowly. And also, I was making moves forward, but it wasn't by any means a quantum leap of of any means. And that's fine. I mean, that works for many people in terms of living in that way. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're not okay with just fine. You're not okay with playing small. You're not okay with just mediocre. You're not okay with that cookie cutter version of building an extraordinary life. That would be, you know, an okay version. It would be fine. But for me, there was something within me that wanted more than just fine. And I think the quote that stuck out in my mind that started me on this path was from Steve Jobs. When before he died, he talked about how in every area of his life, he never settled. Whether that was in his marriage, whether that was in his career, whether that was in the products that he was creating, he said, never settle for anything in your life. And that really had me question at that point in my life, and I was only in college at that time, and I was in a relationship at the time that I've been in for a long time, was that I said, is this all there is? Am I settling right now? And the answer that was very uncomfortable, 
to hear, but I could hear it from deep within me was, yes, yes, you are settling. And I didn't realize which areas of my life that referred to, although at that time, I only thought that that was only my relationship. I didn't know how, and there was a lot of things that were holding me back, a lot of fears around, can I ever find someone? Will anyone ever love someone like me? Is it even possible for me to find someone else that would love me in the same way as you know, my, my girlfriend at the, at the time? Will I ever find anything better? And constantly, I was finding proof of no, that this is the best that I'm ever going to get. And I stayed in that very limited mindset for a very long time. And what I realized that although I was playing it safe, that I was also limiting limiting what was possible for me. And I was limiting the amount of joy that I could possibly feel in my life. And I was limiting what extraordinary could look like in my life by settling for mediocre, for settling for good enough, for okay, for safe. And I think there's a narrative out there that millennials are entitled. And I hear it all the time that they want it all. And I think the answer to that is yes, as a millennial, Yes, we, I do want it all. We do want it all. But one thing that I want to clarify is that entitled also means that I deserve it without putting in the work. I deserve it without putting in the work. And I think the thing that gets misunderstood or misconstrued is that the definition of work is evolving. The definition of work is changing. And what may have seemed like work from previous generations is no longer the definition of work that I think many of us are now no longer subscribed to. And that definition of work, I was subscribed to for a very long time. That was the definition of work that my parents taught me, which is you grind, you work hard, you put your head down, you do whatever it takes, you sacrifice. And eventually, you will have saved up much money after you scrimp and save from every area of your life. And then finally, you'll retire at 65, and then you can live the life that you want at that point. Or, you know, you'll take your two vacations of a year, and that's good enough. And there was something within me, and maybe it was the rebel with me, if within me at the time that made me different. Like there was definitely something unique about me that was different from other people that I grew up with, that was definitely different than other people in my family. And it made me the weirdo, and it made me too much, and it made me really, <laughs> I mean, not the, the favorite golden child, but I think there was something within me, a very quiet voice that said, there's got to be something more. This is this it. There has got to be more than this. This doesn't feel like this is it in terms of what I'm meant to do here on earth. There's got to be more than this definition. And I think I didn't even realize it at a very young age. And I think many of us are on this path, possibly maybe you're on this path of figuring out of finding a new definition of work and that work the grind till you die and needing to sacrifice and that you either have to choose family or you got to choose work you got to choose making money or you got to choose your happiness you got to choose either um, having peace and a good mental health and being joyful in your life or having accolades and achievements and success and being significant being enough being worthy and I think that I know myself, I've started to really challenge that because for me, I don't believe in either or. 
I believe that there is a possibility that we can have the both end, which means that we can have both. That I can have an amazing family life. I can be an amazing father, an amazing husband, and I can be a successful businessman. I can build a successful business. I can run successful businesses. That I can enjoy life. That I can travel the world. That I can see and explore what is out there. And at the same time, I can have financial abundance. And at the same time, I can pursue my joy. At the same time, I can still be up to big things in the world. That I can hustle in terms of work hard as in go all in, but not at the expense of my mental health or the expense of my physical health or at the expense of my joy. I don't think it has to be one or the other. And I think I've been on that journey to discover that. And I think many of you, many of us have been challenging and and asking the question of, is there a different way? Is there a different way? Work with ease and flow. And ease is different from easy. That's not the same thing. I'm not saying that it's easy as in you don't have to do hard things, challenging things at times. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it can be with ease, which is with peace, with light, with fulfillment, that the process itself can be enjoyable. And what I'd like to bring up in this particular episode is to challenge the notion of work is, to challenge what the notion of success is, and to redefine what extraordinary is. I think extraordinary at the end of the day for me, I was listening to a song by Frank Sinatra called My Way. And I've heard it before, but this came up in just my Spotify playlist randomly. And it was so perfect because as I was listening to the lyrics, what that song was about was that at the end of my life, did I live my life my way in a way that was authentic and true to me? And I think that is the one of the top regrets in life. There is this beautiful book that was written about the top regrets in life. It was by a palliative nurse that would interview and talk to her patients at the end stage of their life in terms of what is it that they regret? What is it that they wish that they did different? And one of the top regrets by many of our patients was that they didn't have the courage to live a life that was true to them. And so when I think about an extraordinary life, For me, that definition is living a life that was true to me, that I didn't live a life according to what circumstances handed to me, but I got to choose every step of the way what that got to look like. Now, it doesn't mean that it always goes my way, but that I'm always standing in the vision that ultimately what I want, that question, what do you want, which I think is one of the most important questions that we get to answer before we get to go out and create what we think is an extraordinary life is, you know, what do we want in life? What does that look like for you at the end of your life that you look back that you said, that is exactly the life that I wanted. That is exactly the life that had me feel fulfilled and purposeful and felt like I was making an impact, felt like I was joyful, felt like I was at peace, felt like I was truly authentic to myself and not living a life according to someone else's expectations or rules and regulations and definitions. So 
I think in order to go there, and I think everyone's path and everyone's capacity and spectrum for it is different. I think that's the beauty of it is that there's no right or wrong answer because what is risky to one person or what is extraordinary to one person is totally different to someone else. So I think it's really about running your own race in your own lane. So it's not about my definition versus yours. It's about your definition versus your definition. So it's really about, are you running in your lane? Are you running towards that ex- your own definition of an extraordinary life? Or are you running in your lane looking at someone else's end goal? Are you looking at someone else's end zone? And so I really think it's about that. And when I look at what an extraordinary life looks like, I think at the very core of it requires risk-taking. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that if you look at every single thing that really makes up an extraordinary life, which is love, relationships, connections, career, businesses that we might create, impact that we have on others, having our voices seen and heard, having made a difference, all of that requires some form of risk-taking, requires us sticking our neck out and being vulnerable sticking our neck out and saying, you know what, I'm going to take a chance that this may or may not work out. And all of that requires boldness, us to be bold in our own way, to speak our truth, to give something a try, to go for it, even though we don't really know if it's going to work out or not. But on the other side of that risk, which is incredibly scary because all of us are built to want certainty. That is the human condition. We want certainty. We are incredibly terrified and uncomfortable with uncertainty. And risking requires an element of being comfortable with uncertainty. And I think it requires incredible courage to jump, even though you don't really know if the net's going to be there. But something that it's really sat with me and is something that I continue to go back to is 10 years ago when I first met my wife in Hong Kong and we were on exchange. And I knew that I'd started falling for my wife. And I knew that she also very, very possibly liked me as well. But I was completely terrified. I I had no clue if it was going to work out. I was really, really scared and hesitant to ask her out to pursue a relationship with her because there were so many factors in the way, so many reasons why this wouldn't work out. We were from two different countries. We were from two different ethnicities. She was incredibly Christian and conservative at the time from a big family. And I knew that for me, as someone who was a transgender man from Canada, that there was seemingly no way that this could work out. I'm like, there's no way that she would accept me for who I am. There's no way she would be okay with this. And I remember going out to dinner with my good friend, Max, at the time. And we had a conversation that had always, always stuck with me. And he said, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Do you pursue this relationship at the very end? You have this conversation. And if she accepts you, fantastic. Yeah, not only had an amazing time, but you get to have possibly... A, con- uh, a continuous, a continual of uh, amazing relationship, or you had an amazing time while you were here and you took a risk and it didn't work out and that's okay. At least you gave it your all. At least you tried and you were willing to go down the rabbit hole to see what 
was on the other side and you have no regrets. And he said to me, and this always stuck with me, that sometimes the greatest rewards require the greatest risks. And that really stuck with me in that moment because I realized in that moment I had a choice to make, that I could take a huge risk to pursue this relationship with my now wife, or I could play it safe. I could just know that this could have been a possibility, but never pursue it and continue to go down this path of not sharing myself, not going for it, and just living with that it's good enough to know that it could have been a possibility. And so in that moment, I said to myself, well, what if I got to take a risk here? And I'm so glad that I did because it led to the most extraordinary decade of my life by far and the most extraordinary relationship that I didn't even think was possible for me because my wife not only accepted me, but she has really opened up the doors to encourage me, to empower me, to inspire me, to push me, to be the very best version of myself. That never would have happened if I never took that leap of faith in the first place. So my question to you in that is, what is that version for you in your life? What is that version of a possible, possible chance at extraordinary for you? What is that place in your life that you've been holding back where you're scared to take that leap of faith, to take that risk. What is that risk for you? And what are you scared to jump into? And whatever that is, there is three key elements that I just like to leave you with in terms of whatever that area of your life is that you want to go for, but you're scared to, but you know that there might be an inkling of something extraordinary on the other side. Every single time I have seen something extraordinary happen in my life, which I used to think was just pure luck, and that was before I realized that actually there was there was a something there was actually a formula I was following that I didn't know I was even following. And every single time I followed this formula and listened to my my heart, my intuition, it always worked out. And that was three key things, and that was courage, vision, and trust. What do I mean by that? Let's break it down. Courage, courage requires vulnerability. So vulnerability as in being exposed, being seen, feeling naked, putting your neck out there and risking, being bold. It requires inner strength, which all of us have. I just want to say, if you're listening right now and you think, well, I don't really know if I have that level of strength, Paul, I want to let you know that you do. I want to let you know that you do. Because up until this point, there has been many things that have happened in your life, whatever that looks like, that has required your deep inner strength. And it takes you just believing that you can. It really just takes believing. Believing that you can. Whatever you believe, you can or you can't, you're going to be right about it. So that inner strength within you. It takes willingness. So you can have all those things, vulnerability, boldness, inner strength, but you got to be willing. You got to be willing to take the jump. You got to be willing. And you got to be willing to move into action. Because without that, it's just a dream. A dream is completely passive. A dream is just something that you think about, you daydream about, it happens maybe, maybe not. You have no, you have no stake in it that doesn't involve any action on your part. So that's just a dream. And a dream is kind of like buying a lottery ticket. May or may not happen. But when you take committed action towards it, 
it becomes a vision. And that's the difference is that a vision, and that's the second part of it, it's an all-encompassing question. It's an all-encompassing sorry, answer of the question, what do you want? What is an extraordinary life to you? What does an extraordinary, fulfilled, purposeful, joy-filled life look to you? And only you can answer this question. And most of the time, we don't spend the time to answer this question. And so if you don't know the answer to this, I highly encourage you to sit down this week and really think about that for you. Because here's the thing is that when you don't have a vision, you don't have a destination that you're heading towards. You're just wandering. You're just, it's almost like driving down a highway, not knowing where you're going. You might end up where you want to go, or you might end up not going there, or you might end up at the destination and you don't even know that you arrived to where you actually wanted to go. And so you keep searching for it or you keep, you drive past it because you think that you're searching for something different, but you didn't know where you were going in the first place. So a vision is that. It's not a dream. Like I said before, dream is passive. It's big ideas. It's possibilities, but all without action. A vision is the all-encompassing answer to what do you want, but it also requires committed action. So commitment and action together. So being committed to moving forward towards it, taking action that is in alignment to that vision. It requires urgency, knowing that waiting around for it to fall in your lap isn't how it works. You get to be urgent as a living life, as of all of it, all that you have is now. All that you have is now. Life is now. As if you are working constantly up against the clock. Because we are. We don't know when that time is going to go to zero for us. All we have guaranteed is right now. So it requires urgency on our part to go for it every single day, to move towards that vision boldly every single day because we don't have guarantee of what's going to happen tomorrow or the day after. And it requires courage, courage from within you, like I said earlier. And the last piece is trust. Trust is something that is so interesting because trust requires a relationship with ourselves. Trust requires also practice because we cannot trust ourselves without being in committed action, without practicing trust with ourselves without trial and error, and without us being in the process of being willing to try out different things and see what sticks and what doesn't, and what part of that was us listening to ourselves, and what part of that was us not. And what do I mean by that? Here's the thing, is that all of us have an inner compass. They call it intuition, they call it your inner voice, whatever that is. We all have an inner compass, an inner knowing of what we should or shouldn't do, of what is our truth and what is not our truth. And it varies for every single person. And here's the tricky part, is that it's not about having an inner compass or not, because all of us have the inner compass. It's the tricky part, the challenging part, is learning how to read it, to understand it, to hear it, and to follow it. And all of that requires a process, a process of practicing. What does that look like? It means we get to take one step at a time, one step forward. Trusting can start as simple as trusting yourself that when you're standing in front of a menu, that you know what you want to order. It can be as simple as that. Try that. Next time you go to a restaurant, instead of sitting there and being like, well, I don't really know what I want, trust yourself. Pick something. Give yourself a time frame. Give yourself 15 seconds and just pick something off the menu. And after you pick it, 
Second step, evaluate. Evaluate after the dish comes. Is this actually what I wanted? Or did I second guess myself? Did I actually want the chicken, but then I second guess myself and I went with the steak, but actually deep inside I wanted, you know, I, I, I didn't want this chicken, but everyone else got chicken. And so, oh, this is really interesting. What influenced me in this moment was people pleasing. What influenced me in this moment was feeling the, the, the pressure of everyone else around me and wanting to look good or maybe not wanting to be too much, not wanting to take up people's time or you know, feeling like I had to do what everyone else was doing, whatever that is for you, evaluating. Or it might be, hey, I got chicken. It's exactly what I wanted. Awesome. I'm so glad I trusted myself. And so after you evaluate that, then you can tweak it. Whether that tweaking is, yes, I know that feeling now that I went with and I'm going to follow it, or huh, I didn't follow that feeling that I had. And now next time I'm up, I'm in the same situation or a similar situation again, I'm going to do something different. So it requires a tweaking. Then repeat. So it's practice, evaluating, tweaking, repeating. It's a continual process of that. And over time, we begin to collect evidence of what we're capable of. We begin to collect evidence of how we can trust ourselves. We begin to build the relationship with ourselves. And it's like any other relationship out there. It requires work. It requires time. You're not going to build a relationship with someone else overnight, just like you're not going to build a relationship with yourself overnight. And most of us have a lot of different mindsets and um, also set points and also different operating systems that have been influenced by people around us. Like for example, for myself, I have an operating system from when I was young that I can't trust myself because I would constantly be told, you don't know what's best for you. You need to run everything by me in terms of my parents because they know what's best. So I continued to question myself even into my adulthood, needing to ask four or five different people before I make a decision. It's because I didn't have a relationship with trusting myself. I didn't have a relationship with choosing and being confident in my choice or being willing to even choose in the first place. So I either have people choose for me or I have people decide for me or I have circumcised uh, circum circumstances <laughs> decide for me. So what I would love to, you know, challenge you with today is what is one step forward that you can take today to practice trusting yourself, to practice courage. Where do you get to go to discover what is your vision? To ask yourself, what do you want? And here's the beautiful thing is that when we risk, when we take that leap of faith, when we live boldly in alignment with what is our authentic selves, we're going to begin to realize that we're getting closer and closer to what brings us fulfillment, what brings us peace, and most importantly, what brings us joy. So I would love to hear in terms of if you are taking different risks and taking different leaps forward, I'd love to hear from you in terms of what's opening up for you. What is that one area that you get to take a leap of faith today or this week? And what can be possible for you if there is your version of an extraordinary life out there, that it is possible? What if you got to believe that this week? And what is something that you can do different? And so... Thank you so much for joining me once again on the Yes I Can podcast. I can't wait to hear what opens up for you from this particular episode. And until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. 
The Yes I Can podcast is directed by Paul Can. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Can, Chelsea Lynn, and Joy Sauce.